All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit podcast. This is Mike. We've got Robert with us. What's up, everybody? And we also have a special guest this week. We have our good buddy, Greg. Hey, everybody. <laughs> that was real enthusiastic, Greg. Yeah. Do you want to be here or what? Do we, do we wake you up or something? I, I did just find out that I'm not the first guest on this uh, podcast, so I'm a little disappointed about that. You're the but... first American citizen that we've had as a guest. <laughs> That's true. Well, that also makes me less than enthused. Really? Yeah. I feel like I should have been first. You got to put your Amer- the American citizens first over the interests of foreign nations. <laughs> mm. Wow. Hot take right from the start. Yeah, right. <laughs> Controversial from the very first minutes on the podcast. Just All so right. you know, I'm not sure that I believe that. <laughs> I bet you do, because I do. I believe it. Well, Mike, all right. So we're going to talk about that later, but let's uh, introduce our social media. So, Mike, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Twitter at LLP Podcast, LLNP Podcast. And you can check us out on our website, llppodcast.com. And make sure you're subscribing to us on iTunes and check us out on Google Play now. Fantastic. So, What's Google Play? Google Play is for Android users, Greg. Oh, very cool. The ones that don't have iPhones like we do. I guess it's not that cool then. It's not. It's, it's not that cool. <laughs> but Unless you've got an Android, then you can listen to us. And it's really cool after that. It's really the only reason to have, to have it so you can check out our podcast. Exactly. On multiple platforms. Anything that encourages that, I'm, uh, I'm for. Perfect. That's right. So what are we going to be talking about today, Robert? So, Industrial Revolution 4.0. Do you know what that is? What does that even Because I really don't know what it is, but I'm I think lost. we're going to talk about kind of the, uh, the effects of automation in the world today, what's doing a job growth, whatnot, um, as well as possibly what the additional money for our minimum wage folks is going to cause, if it's going to cause more automation, less, and what are the effects of that going to be. So I'm going to kick it right off to Greg here and ask him, do you know anything about this topic? I I know a little bit about this topic, yes. Yes, yes. So from, from a personal standpoint, I am in the technology industry. And I work with companies that try to replace inefficiencies that are brought on by human labor with technology. So I do have a little bit of firsthand experience as well as just listening to the trends that are out there and uh, the news and things like that about uh, automation in the warehouses, specifically in the manufacturing industry. And then also what's becoming pretty hot lately is uh, automation in the transportation industry. Uh, which is where I think th- things start to get a little bit dicey. You so you're the cause of Americans losing their jobs. So I was actually talking with somebody about this earlier today, and I think there's a little bit of corporate responsibility and ethics that go into this topic as well, because you know there's always the thought of the ends justifying the means, which is in this case bringing in automation, which for an organization is going to save them a lot of money in the long run because they're not going to have to hire workers. And then it also probably would improve the efficiency of the workers by automating it and being able to program something to do jobs. Uh, But by replacing millions of American workers that may have, you know, that may be the only skill they have, or they may not be able to do other things 
is that really in the end a good thing? Well, it's an interesting point that you bring up, Greg. I actually, um, actually, it was reading an article here. I have it, have it keyed up and ready to go. They're talking about a Japanese insurance firm, and this is a this is like somewhat breaking news. This article just came out like less than twenty four hours ago about a Fukoko Mutual Life Insurance where they made the executive decision to lay off more than 30 employees and replace them with artificial intelligence system that can calculate insurance payoffs. So they're saying with that move, they're going to save over $1.2 million a year and increase productivity by 30%. Right. So in, in that case, then you're saying the business has obviously made the choice that they are being responsible to their shareholders and the folks that are making money in the organization, but they're not really worried about the effect of those 30 employees that they're essentially laying off for the automation. So, I mean, that's a great example on a small scale. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's kind of scary because on a small scale, you may say, okay, those 30 folks, they can probably find employment somewhere else. But what really drew my attention to the subject in the first place is uh, when Amazon announced recently that they're trying out this new concept in Seattle of an automated grocery store. Um, so basically, it's it's a place where customers can walk in, grab their food from the shelves, put things in their basket, whatever they need, uh, just like any typical trip to the grocery store, and then walk right out. You don't have to talk to anybody. You don't, you don't have to have any human interaction. You don't have to talk to a checkout clerk. You just walk straight out the door. And they're doing that with RFID and things like that, where they can uh, you know figure out what kind of items are in somebody's basket. And so in your example, the insurance, that's 30 jobs that are being lost. But for, Amazon... For that one firm, though. Yeah, but that's, just, that's a precedent that's going right. to be set across the, the entire industry if that is a successful move. Exactly, yeah. And if that's successful, then you will definitely see more firms adopting that. Um, but Amazon and some of the labor uh, organizations predict that some, if, if something like this that Amazon's testing takes off could replace them around 1.4 million jobs uh, for American workers that are checkout clerks. And is that a good thing or not? Because mm-hmm. now you have 1.4 folks, 1.4 million people that had jobs and now they don't have jobs. And those are minimum wage workers that may not be able to go and find a job, uh, readily find another job that they're qualified or skilled for. I think that's where it's going to hit the most people is the minimum wage jobs. Because if you think about it, if you look at all the fast food restaurants, they're going to start putting in order kiosks. They're going to take away half their employees that aren't actually cooking the food. At this point, I think the drink machine is even automated to where it kicks a cup out. It puts the amount of ice you need. It fills up whatever drink you want. And really, all the person has to do is take those items to the front counter and call out number 64. You know? Nike did it. Nike did it with 100,000 jobs. They've closed down 100 and something factories worldwide, but they only saw their their uh, profits go up 12%, you know. And then you're 12% laying off percent for Nike though. That's well, probably it's yeah, it's I mean it's huge. If you're talking about but normal industry, if you're talking about 12% on something smaller, it's not a lot. And you're killing people's jobs, but then when you do that, your consumers go away too. Your employees can't afford to go buy other people's products. So what does that do? So that, I think that's probably one of the most interesting points of the whole argument and the whole debate. Um, they're wired.com. They have an article. It's uh, from August of 2015, but they talk about how robots are going to steal our jobs, but they're going to give us new ones, which to me is kind of, they talk about some of these paradoxes, but the, the whole point that they're making is like the new jobs are going to be in the, in the terms of 
uh, basically maintenance for the robotics. So instead of somebody like basically jobs will be having to repair robots and, and help maintain them, which to me, that doesn't necessarily seem viable for these millions of jobs that are going to be being lost due to robotics. Does that mean that ITT Technical Institute is going to have to come back out of um, <laughs> bankruptcy to start, you know, making our, our what do they call those mechanics? Wouldn't, wouldn't it also mean that somebody will start developing robots to re- repair robots? Exactly. So that's my, that was going to be my whole other point is, yeah, why can't a robot serve as a robot, right? It yeah. can, Mike. But the problem is that when we were talking about education, you know, in the safe space after safe space after safe space, it's never ending. You'd always have to have somebody fixing a robot to fix another robot. So you're going to have to employ somebody. Well, once you get to the point where the robotics has achieved like super intelligence you know you, you might not have that you and, could probably stop well and the other thing too is it's not going to be on a one-to-one scale you're not going to have to have one person for every robot for one robot exactly. yeah so even though you may have a hundred robots that replace 10 people you may only need two or three people to service those robots so it's not like they're yeah they're technically creating a job but they're the net is a loss Right. And so that's why I thought that was a pretty flawed kind of article it's very or flawed, at least or at least a, a flawed argument for that. So but well, it's yeah, like how do you solve that? Like where where do you find uh, a replacement for these jobs? Because it's not just it's not just the uh, minimum wage jobs that are going to be affected. Um, you look at like what's happening right now with like personal capital which is a it's basically a computer algorithm that is replacing financial advisors. And as of the end of last year, they had $3 billion in assets under management. That's basically a computer algorithm. And that's replacing financial advisors. I mean, it's not just limited to, you know, minimum wage. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because, you know, we've, we've over the past 20 years, I would say, technological advances have just really gone through the roof, right? They're the phone technology, and, and there's all of these great technologies out there that I think most of us would say that at this point we we kind of have to have. You know, smartphones are just a way of life. Everybody has their smartphones. They use them all the time. They, they, they need them for everything. And for me, I use it for my job. And it's always, I always have it. So that technology, I'd say, is is a good technology that we use. But in a capitalist society, you can't necessarily limit what people can do with their creation of technology and who they can sell it to. So are you going to then say that these companies out there that are developing these robotics and are, uh, are, are you going to say that they, they, they can't do that? Or is there some sort of government regulation that'll come against robotics in order to control and save American jobs? You know, what, at what point do, do they try to make some sort of limitation on that or do they not and truly sit back and watch American jobs get crushed by robots. I, you know, I think people are smart enough to realize when you take your workforce and you cut it by 95%, you know, let's say you do that, your consumers are also going to be cut by 95%. If you make something with a robot, but you can't sell it to anybody, what good is it? I mean, you might have made it for 20 cents instead of a dollar and a half, but you know what? You can't sell it to anybody. You make nothing. But are, but are they going to, I, I just, I don't, when we, when we already limit farmers on crops, if believe it or not. Right. The government does do sure. that already. Sure. So why couldn't they limit you know, artificial intelligence? So you can only produce so many robots that can only produce so many things a year. Otherwise, you know. But, it, well, but if you the, go back to the example of checkouts you know, for grocery stores, um, 
and you get you get a grocery store chain that says, "Oh, this is great. I can have a investment of a billion dollars to replace all of our checkouts and put robots in there that can do all this checkouts or the RFID or technology right. or whatever so you don't have to talk to anybody when you go into a store." Um because God forbid you have to talk to somebody, which you know is awful, of course. So it's, I'm glad they're solving that problem. But I don't know. I kind of saw that as a yeah. That's a that's a positive net, for me. Net so. positive. Yeah. You don't. I'm have to surprised talk to you say that as a salesman. I, I'm kidding. No, I, you're not. I, I'm, I'm no, not. I'm not kidding. I'm kidding because I think it's <laughs> it's incredible. Like the way that because Amazon and some of the other companies that are pitching this are actually using that as a selling feature. You don't have to talk to anybody. I'm like, why, why wouldn't I want to talk to somebody? It's just, it's crazy that, that the progression of the way things are going with technology and, and people on their phones and texting and everything, people don't want to talk to other people. And when you go to a checkout, you, you, I, you see it all the time. The person in front of me, they'll just be on their phone the whole time, either talking on the phone or texting. And the cashier is basically not existent. They're just sitting back and doing their job. and Like a robot. Like a robot, exactly. Nothing irritates me more and watching somebody on their phone while they're checking out, and the cashier's like, uh, you want to swipe your card? Right. Do you want to swipe your... <laughs> sir, do you want to swipe your card, please? It's... Oh, God, it's so aggravating. I make it right. a point, actually, to get off my phone if I'm even Absolutely. the next person in line. Yep. Yeah. yeah, if I'm on the phone, I definitely... If, you know, whoever I'm on the phone, I say, hey, let me call you back in a couple minutes. Damn millennials, I tell you. It's crazy. They're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> And yes, everybody, Greg is also a millennial. I, no, that's not true. That is. That's uh, not, you can't verify that. <laughs> the, the, well, the thing is, like, it starts at such a young age, because you'll, you'll see it, you'll go out to a restaurant, or I see it anyways, you go out to a restaurant, and instead of, you know, a parent engaging with their children, you know, they hand them the iPad. So kids are, at an early age, not socializing, whether it's with adults or other children, there's there's society that's being raised of people that don't want to talk to other people and it makes them uncomfortable so you get you get folks that are that that would tell you that i i get anxious and i get nervous if i have to talk to somebody that i don't know even if it's somebody in a grocery store so it's it's interesting that amazon is kind of playing off of that uh anxiety that social anxiety that that exists now uh for folks that don't want to talk to people well, it's pretty interesting that you bring that up, talking about like interpersonal relationships, because now it's it's becoming an. I mean, this is definitely gonna dive into like the weird zone for us here on the podcast, but like it's a thing now. Like they are sex robots now, so instead of having to forge an interpersonal relationship with a human being, sex robots, Mike, sex robots, like sexy are, robots, like wow, that robot looks hot, or like. No, like sex dolls that are made to be like super lifelike and interact with you. Like it's a thing and sales are increasing year over year. How have you guys not that's, seen the news reports? That's gonna about replace this? that's gonna replace jobs too, right? Well whores. <laughs> <laughs> the oldest the oldest job in the world, really. Yeah, we're but, cutting them out but, finally. <laughs> but what I was gonna say though is because literally you could it's getting to the point really quickly where you could live your entire life without interacting with anybody. You can have a sex doll for a companion that is robotic. You can do all of your transactions online and with automated deliveries like the Amazon lockers and whatnot. You can get food delivered. Um, and then you can have a baby in a test tube. So you don't even need a person for that anymore. Like you could literally live your life in, in solitude without needing to interact with people if you so choose. That's kind of sad. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's very but sad. But it's true though. 
Well, it's, it just it's just weird because for years you see, you watch movies and shows and you see you know what a futuristic society could look like to all these creative people, and I it you don't you don't really ever see just pods of 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 square houses where people don't ever go anywhere or talk to anybody and leave and and that's it's funny because your example that's kind of the way things are going where people don't want to get out and interact with people they don't want to go to the park they don't want to walk around they don't want to play sports they just want to sit at home and get things delivered to them by drones and well, and I not mean, talk like, to anyone. part of that like can you blame it people with all like the random acts of violence and terrorism and everything that's increasing as well i mean some of that probably plays into it a little bit i would imagine probably probably not on like the super wide scale it's more of a technological kind of thing but i i doubt that's really part of it honestly i mean you know probably probably for a small subset Pro- I, I don't think overall i'm not throwing that out there for like that's the reason everybody's moving in that direction but i bet there's a s- subset of people that truly fear that and that impacts them i'm about as doomsday preppery i guess uh, as you could say <laughs> <laughs> you know i mean i carry a gun everywhere it's never really deterred me from going anywhere even if i couldn't bring one with me so you know, yeah, but your hands are deadly weapons too. I do feel very secure right now. Do like, you in this podcast studio? Like I, I know that I'm, I'm safe, which is, which is comforting. Well, let's put it this way: I'm safe. <laughs> um, you may not be. So just saying, well, things happen. I like, I like my odds. That's all. You might saying. have a training accident <laughs> or something. I want to cycle back to Greg's point about like the movies and the futuristic society and looking like what things could look like in, in the future. Um, CNN Money says that robots are likely to be performing 45% of manufacturing tasks by 2025, which there's only 10% today. So they're increasing a they're they're anticipating a 35% increase in robotics in just at this point what eight years. So it's like the future is now for some of this stuff. There are some things robots simply will not be able to do. What do you, like what, do you, what? Like what? So for example. They you can know. already have sex, Robert. What else is there? <laughs> they can reproduce. No, now, Robert. they can't have sex, Greg. We All just right. heard they no, can. No, no, you heard that the ex- the thing exists that you can whatever you want to it. It's not necessarily going to, you know. Anyway, we don't this really is get on life, that. Liberty Pursuit, and today we're talking about sex robots. <laughs> the pursuit no. of sex robots. Okay, so we're not really going to talk about that. But they you can't do. Cer- they can't do. Shut up, Mike. They can't do certain things. They just can't. Like you know, certain. What? So, for for example, without giving it giving it away, there in my industry that I'm in, you know, we manufacture products. Flat out, we we have to hand roll certain things, and no, it's not joints, but we hand roll certain things because a robot physically can't Cigars. do it. No, Cigarettes. and then it's painted, and believe it or not, the way that they have to be painted is not possible for a robot to do. It can spray paint it, but it's not the same thing. It's not as durable. Well, we haven't sent our robots to art school yet. Like right now, we've got all these like really like brawny, like big manufacturing robots, but there's going to be some more sensitive, sensitive robots. robots. Yeah, there's going to be these emo sensitive robots <laughs> that start listening to, you know, Death Cab for Cutie, and, and they're the other ones that are going to do all this painting and rolling. They won't listen to Death Cab for Cutie because they're like huge Democrats and they probably don't <laughs> want progress. So you have to, but what I'm saying is you have to have somebody load the machine or something. Yeah, you another have have, robot can load the machine. No, the robot can't load the machine because somebody has to load that robot with something else. No, that robot can just pick up the supplies from the robot that brings it in from the robotic 18 wheeler that's going to drop it off at so, the, the dock. I will tell you that we've actually tried 
to, to do that. Um, for us, this is obviously going to sound terrible, we manufacture overseas. What? Buying the robots and having Robert, them... Robert, this is Donald Trump. I want you to ship your jobs back overseas, back to America. We want American jobs. Burning. That is terrible. That Burning. is terrible, terrible, terrible. <laughs> is, is, is his just... Oh, my Robert, God, this pisses me off so much. <laughs> it's Why shitty. Stop it, Mike. Jobs. Stop it. This is President-elect Donald Trump. You're not Trump. Donald Trump. The Donald. Okay. If I had, the Trump card. If I had, yeah, Mike is going to be fired again. God, hire. This is only we your second. Fire, we want to hire Americans. Only your second episode back, Mike. Don't push the envelope. I'm just saying. This is the Donald. Mm-hmm. Anyway, can you do a can you do a can you do a Pence impression? Do you have Do you have a Pence impression in you, Mike? Oh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good one. Not bad. Midwesterny. I like it. Yeah, not bad at all. Jesus. Unfortunately, the Donald had to leave us. Thank God the Donald <laughs> left us. Where are we even? What are we even talking about? Really? Sex you were, robots. We're talking about we, robots no. and how your company uh, manufactures overseas. Ah, ah. Well, we we tried. We tried to do the robot thing, but it still the robots were too expensive to where it wasn't going to make any difference within the next ten years because the labor that we have is so cheap. So, <laughs> at this point, robots didn't make sense. You'd right have now though. What? Yeah, but right now. Well, yeah, of course, right now. That's yeah, what I'm talking if about. You're, if, you're, if, if things go true and this trend continues and almost half of manufacturing jobs are taken over by robots in eight years, you have to imagine that in eight years from now, manufacturing robotics is going to increase their usefulness and their, you know, the just the, well, and the their, skill and their level. Skill. Yeah, their skill level will increase. What about, right. okay, so manufacturing jobs in America, do we know how many there are? Um, let's see if we can get a uh, LLMP statistician on that. Where's our nerd? <laughs> you, guys, you guys have like an, like an intern or something? <laughs> I, I wish on. we did. I wish we did, but unfortunately, Mike and I have to do all that bullshit ourselves. And it kind of sucks, if you ask me. So we get sponsored by... Who, who's our sponsor this week, Robert? I oh. thought you said it was like Dr. Pepper. Unfortunately, we don't have we could one. Probably, here, we could ask a robot. We could ask Siri to see if Siri knows how many manufacturing jobs there are before you get yours. I'm going to see if I can do that. Get a Let's good see example. if we can get a robot Robots to figure in it action. out. All right. Well, I think I've found it anyway. So, But you guys see what you guys come up with first. Siri, how many jobs are there in manufacturing in the United States? Let me check on that. I'm kind of upset. What? Siri gave me a list. 12.3 million. 12.3 million manufacturing workers in the United States. I got States. it first. 12.3. Do you know how many there are worldwide? It's 9% of the workforce, P.S. 9% of the workforce. Yeah. So what if what if we do start bringing manufacturing? Holy cow! Did you see? How about this? In 2015, the average manufacturing ahead, worker earned 81,000 annually, including pay and benefits. Yeah. That's, do you know why? It's not too bad. It's not too bad because of labor unions. That's why all of the ma- the manufacturing is going overseas. They don't have labor unions. But I will say this: for all of the companies that are overseas right now doing all of their their manufacturing, would that potentially actually bring jobs back if? we started using machines over here because then we would have to employ a mechanic over here in order to fix the robot that's in the United States and not overseas. Well, let's, well, let's do some math here. So, are you, let's, so I'm, let's, trying to, let's, I'm trying to work let's, through that example. Let's round, that you down, just let's gave. round down. One at a time, damn it. 
let's work let's work on this so let's round down there's 12.3 million manufacturing jobs in the united states but let's call it 10 for uh for easier arithmetic let's call it 12 right now yeah, let's just call it 12 we have mike, calculators greg mike you said right now 10 percent or nine percent of the american workforce is automated nine percent that's according to the national association so shade under a million and you're saying that by 2022 that's going to be up to 40 percent so four million of those 10 million will now be replaced by robotics so out of those four... Well, it says manufacturing tasks, not necessarily jobs, but I think it's probably fair to say that a good portion of those are going to be jobs. Let's call it three million then. So... Well, why don't we just pull facts out of our ass and call it whatever we want? What do we call I say 100%. Podcast, That's Robert. what I was doing, Robert. We call those the Piers Morgan facts, Greg. Hey, I think I... like to get a little Piers pretty, Morgan up in I'm pretty right sure I can, I can say whatever I want, and if I believe it, then it's true. No, that's fake news. No, I don't think so. That's, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Just watch MSNBC. They're blaming the election on uh, on fake news. Well, regardless, three million out of those three million, how many? How many? Uh, ma- how many people do you think you're going to need to maintain those robots? And the first ten years, not three. Probably million. sixty million because I have a computer million? at home and it sucks. So you're saying for every <laughs> every one robot, there's going to be yeah, need, there's, there's, there's going to be yes. six. There's going to be six people yes. that are on it. Yes, like a NASCAR because pick I know how. Look, tr- trust me, I know how computers work, and they don't. Oh, do you? They don't. That's the problem. My computer never works. My computer we'll at work. Calling you Steve sounds, Jobs sounds like a <laughs> sounds like a user error to me, Robert. It might be, but there are really stupid people like me in the workforce, and what's going to happen is. You're going to have me, and the robot is not going to be able to fix what my, what I'm going to say my screw-up, but it's not going to. But the robot is not going to fix your screw-up because you're not going to be there to screw up. What if I screw up fixing the robot? You're I'm not going to have going to have to somebody be. else have to fix that. And you trust me, there's you, five of me But there's going to be good. so many people out of work now that they'll be, it'll be so easy to replace you if you screw up on the robot repair. I guess that's true. And also, and also how... I, how much are you gonna have to pay this pit crew of robot repairmen? And I'm I'm gonna take a much more conservative. I don't minimum. think it's gonna take a team of robotic I experts agree. to repair the robots. <laughs> I'm gonna agree. go with like one, maybe two people for every like twenty robots because they're not gonna be. They don't need repair constantly. No. Okay, so again, manufacturing. Am I the only one that works in manufacturing in, on this podcast? I believe yes. I am. Yeah. Let me tell you about uh, bullshit that happens on a daily basis. <laughs> are Production you? issues happen. Machines break. Sure. My, People break my, too, our machines though. break all the time. Our all software time. breaks. What? Our software breaks. Well, don't tell me the name of your company then because nobody's ever going to buy your software. You've never had a problem with Microsoft Word <laughs> or Microsoft Excel where it shuts down no. on you when you're in the middle of using it? No. All software breaks, Robert. No, it doesn't, Greg. Apple used to be uncrashable. <laughs> yeah, used to be. <laughs> And then WikiLeaks cars started hacking people and all okay, that shit. Okay, you know, all right. Started making things you mean, crash. You mean Russia? Anyway, or um, gosh, can we find uh, our way back to what we were talking about earlier? I don't know. You're Sex the manufacturing robots? expert. I'm just the podcast expert. Ha! I think <laughs> I think the 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 larger point that you're trying to explore here is the fact that even if a robot replaces a skilled American worker, there's going to have to be three or more skilled american workers to support that robot i don't really believe that however you are going to have to have somebody on call if somebody yeah. goes on vacation i would agree. so you know yeah I mean, you're, I don't you're know if i am a, i'm not gonna buy into a three to one ratio i, I i'm would, not either it's it 
It's ludicrous, Mike. It's ludicrous. I'm also not a robotics expert, I'm just, though. I could be completely wrong. It might be a 10 to 1 ratio. Well, if you look at Tesla, you know, with their self-driving car crap that they're trying to do, I mean, it, it killed somebody last year, so, I mean... Yeah, but the human driving happens. cars killed way more. That's, That's true. true. That's true. So, so that the transportation, that, that's an interesting point, right? Because Uber is recently announced that they're working on a prototype to replace 18-wheelers or freight uh, delivery. So, you know, their estimates are as if they can, well, I don't know if these are their estimates, but the estimates out there that I've seen are that that could, that could end up replacing at some point 1.3 to 1.4 million uh you know, truck drivers in America that are driving around every day. Backbone of the economy. Exactly. Delivering goods to warehouses where they're, you know, being produced into whatever Robert's rolling up in his warehouse and weed (laughs) legalize it. So (laughs) they're, they're, uh, you know, and I don't know that that's necessarily is a net positive either. Thoughts. I have no thoughts. Did I just win that debate? No, of course you didn't win I was, that debate. I was busy thinking of a pun while you were saying that, Greg. <laughs> so if you could just like throw out the last part of that, I'll give you some thoughts. So Uber just uh, <laughs> announced. We, we well, heard I got that, that part. part. We heard that part. No, I mean, I, I don't think that that could ever really happen. I don't. Why not? I don't think that they could ever replace all of the truck drivers. Not in our lifetime. We're going to be fine. What? We're well, none fine. of us are truck drivers, but that doesn't yeah, mean we're not we're at risk for robotics taking over our professions. It's, uh, I'm sorry, but a robot cannot sell what I sell. I'm uh, the bullshit really? master. Trust me. And not <laughs> Amazon a- is like a robotic sale. Like websites are kind of like robotic sales. You can literally just go and buy it yourself. You don't need someone to like pitch it to you. That's not true. When really? you sell drugs, uh, uh, shit! I just gave away my uh, <laughs> my profession here. Um, You're but a marijuana preneur. Marijuana. Marijuana preneur. Is that what you were telling me? No, nah, that was ridiculous. my fun that I was working on. As uh. you can see, it's not it's not quite finished. Definitely, definitely needs to go back into the uh, the incubator. <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little rough. It's a rough cut. Jesus, Mike. Jeez, I don't even know what we're gonna do with you. I really don't. Well, I know you probably could probably get a robot to could, replace you me could on this replace, podcast. You could replace him. I know. Don't act like you haven't been looking for one. <laughs> I have been. I keep, I keep tweeting it, but no one's responding. You could probably have a conversation with like uh, Alexa. You know the Amazon robot, and you could probably sit and talk to Alexa and have a podcast. Let's. You know what? Let's talk about Alexa for a second because that that bitch creeps the shit out of me, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. How do you know she's a she? Why are you Why are you assuming her gender? Because Mike yeah, and I on this po- no bullshit, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> On this podcast, we believe in exactly two genders, male, female. And, and I can tell you, Alexa is not, <laughs> is not a man. That is that right an now. interesting point. Shut so up. I haven't the finished. sex robots, like, are robots gendered? Ooh. Yes. That's, that's interesting. Yes. Yes. Because if they're working in manufacturing, they're probably dudes, right? If it's like a <laughs> vacuum chamber that you put shit into, it's got to be a woman, right? And if it's got like a robotic arm, it's a man. Right? <laughs> what if what if they made a what that if was they, incredible, Robert? <laughs> Just not, saying. Not to get too graphic raunchy here, but what if they made a sex robot with both? Whoa. We don't believe in that, Greg. We but just it, said that. But it's a robot. Yeah, but we would shoot one of the things off. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Anyway, um Alexa. About, that's hold the, on. that's like one of the whole like key things about robotics is like they're not human, so they don't have a soul, so they're like <laughs> You know, morality and robotics. That's a whole other. Haven't episode, you ever seen iRobot with Will Smith? Yeah, exactly. There you go. That one robot learned how to feel <laughs> to, 
took down the entire <laughs> robotics industry. It did not take down the entire robotics That's industry. True. I actually I haven't seen all the movie, but I do know that that one robot learned how to feel and it was very touching. Okay, well let's go. <laughs> let's go back was to Alexa. Bali? All right, Alexa. <laughs> yeah, Alexa. So she sits in your little living room area, and you scream at her, right? Alexa, <laughs> figure this crap out. Just like you used Siri a minute ago. That's that's pretty sexist. But, but, with Siri, you've got to press that button in the middle of your uh, your phone, right? Correct. Alexa is constantly listening. Yes. Which means the NSA is constantly listening. Which, you know, the constantly listening to you part is kind of nice because you probably can't say that for a lot of people. That would be constantly sitting in your living room. Well, clearly nobody like, listens say, to Greg? Mike and I. So, I mean, oh. we've, been, we've been trying, but uh, no one's listening to us at this point. I got a good feeling about this podcast. I think it's going places. Good, good. I don't you know You just where. need to have more dynamic guests. We need more. We need less international guests and more domestic guests. That's probably true. I don't know why you're outsourcing your podcast guests. Oh my gosh, scandal! <laughs> why? Why is that a scandal? Rub it. It was Rub cheaper it. labor. This is Donald Trump. <laughs> it was cheaper. Canada was cheaper in that instance, so we decided to fire you, and then it didn't work out as well. Yeah, you can't replace American jobs on podcasts. That's not true. Do we have a union, Mike? Is there a union that we can uh, Who's talk we? To about this? You're a guest. We could probably start I one. I think it's safe to say that the people have spoken and they, they want me to be more <laughs> of a permanent fixture. We'll see. You know, we'll talk about it. You might have to pay us, though. Is that okay? Because we can't pay you. Well, I bet if, if he could recruit us an intern, I'd say, I'd say bring him on board. That's right. He's, got, he's software. He might have a, a software intern that can do all of our editing for us. Back to Alexa, though. <laughs> I, She's a nosy bitch. Did you know that, you, that Alexa can testify against you in court? Bullshit. What? No, it's true. Because does it just record everything you say, so it, it can does. just play it back? Yeah, you could play back things, and Alexa could testify against you in court. There, can you imagine like arguing with her in a courtroom? Like <laughs> she's lying. I didn't say that. I told you that in confidence, Alexa. <laughs> uh, what if you married Alexa? You're can you like, do that, Alexa? Like, That's a hot can lead. You imagine just like some guy, like <laughs> I'm going to leave my wife for you, and I'm going to kill her, and then it's going to be like, and just for playing that back in court, that'd be insane. <laughs> Another episode of Snapped Mike for your wife. That'd be yeah. be riveting, riveting courtroom drama. Right? Court TV would just like oh, take off, rating spike. No, That's right. It would not could, at all. Could you ever replace like the uh, judicial system with robots? No. Because you could have a, a lawyer computer that knows literally every law code that exists. I bet you could. I bet you could because you look at some of the stuff, like it's literally just an algorithm. Like, yeah, like if IBM's this, then Watson. yes. If this, then no. Exactly. You could replace a lawyer, but you could never replace a jury or a judge. You could not replace a jury, I agree. If, if you're bionic. No, you can't like, replace a judge either because they're elected or appointed. You can't just we could appoint. Elect, we could elect robots. No, you can't. Yeah, we totally could. No, you can't. And also, Why like, not? if you have, like, a fake arm, like, if you have, like, a prosthetic, you're kind of a bionic person. You're called a cyborg. So you're kind of, like, half robot. So a jury of your peers could be robots. That's true. You're, you're really... You're, you're reaching. You really don't know who to really? trust these days. I know I can't trust either. You f- <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you can't trust Alexa, who can you trust? I don't know. Who can you trust? So, so, so with, the, with the Alexa thing, what was your greater point there? I don't want the NSA listening to me because I've got a robot inside my house that's connected to my Wi-Fi, that's connected to everything else. I'm sure they're listening through our phones right now anyway, so they're getting the podcast first. Well, also, you're recording this, and it's going to be out available to anybody to listen to, so... 
They're probably all the downloads that we have for this podcast. It's just the various agencies. Yep. My day to day is what I'm talking about, Greg. I would assume that, yeah, there's probably a lot of uh, Interpols and agencies like that <laughs> listening to this podcast. Most wanted podcast. Well, hey, at least we've got some listeners then. <laughs> the numbers, the numbers are up. Now I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this thing some listens. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tweet it out. I'm gonna put it out in the blogosphere. Wait, you've got a Twitter, and yeah, you don't follow us? I don't have a Twitter. You have a blog though. I, I do not have a blog either. What about a vlog? What the I, hell's a vlog? It's a video log, Robert. A video log? Video, a video blog. blog. Excuse me. What the hell does that even mean? Instead means of having instead to of write writing? Thing, well, Mike, you go ahead. No, I, I, I secede, or I'm going to, you know, concede to you. Go ahead. Well, I don't, I, now that I'm not sure that I, I understand what it actually is. No, let's hear it. You're the guest. It's a video blog. <laughs> so it's f- YouTube. Pretty much. Essentially. Well, they probably have some, uh, they, they don't call listeners, they would call viewers, would they not for that? Viewers? Yeah, but you don't call the blog folks listeners either. You call them readers. Boomtown. You could also you. call them viewers because you can view words. I can't. <laughs> well, then you may have a larger problem. You can. You just choose not to. I sense words. <laughs> I, you know, I've got Braille and shit. I can read that. We're really digressing here. We I'm are. Way off topic. Yeah. You well, know, but a robot could probably read that for you, Robert. That's true. That's true. Is that going to crap out our literacy rate in the United States if all of a sudden robots are just... Talking for us and pretty sure for YouTube's us. already crapping yeah, out I was going to say, what, what literacy rate? I don't What's know. Is it, it's probably not good, I guess, now. But Mike, the English guy over here, <laughs> you'd be able to tell us what that is, right? The stats on that? No, I cannot. Come I do on. speak English, though. Do you? I can read it, too, and write it. So I'm going to start writing some blog posts for the LLP site. So, so, so Robert, coming soon. Let, let me ask you a question. No. So we've talked about... I said no. All right, Mike, Mike, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Hit me, Greg. So we've, we've talked about a number of different examples of technology and robots replacing, the, you know, with the potential to replace a lot of the American workforce, and particularly, um, you know, like cashiers and, and truck drivers and things like that. Do you think that that is a good use of technology? And do you think that advancement is good for Americans? That's well. That's that's the question. Exactly. That's the question I just asked. You. That's our entire podcast. What we were just talking about. Yes. So, do you want us to summarize the whole thing? Well, we've had a lot of we've given a lot of examples, but nobody's really uh, made a hard stance. That was I was, I was asking. I I'm really I'm kind of torn because, on the one hand, like yeah, some of that stuff is really positive in in the sake of like efficiency. I mean, if you, because you could totally come at it from like a family value standpoint and if you don't have to spend extra time at a store buying groceries, that's more time that you can be at home like spending time with your family or if things get streamlined, you know, that's less time that you have to be away from somebody and, and you can do things that really matter to you and you can be more involved with your values and and volunteering and just making positive impacts if you can streamline mundane day-to-day tasks with robots and, and whatnot. So that could be a huge thing. The other, but the, the flip side to that is like, how do you support yourself if jobs are getting kicked out? Like what do we become just a socialist society now because nobody has a way to make money and purchase goods and services. So we just have become like a sharing economy. That's right. The, uni- is that, the is that universal wage, right? Everybody huh? gets paid a salary just for being, and they can spend that on whatever they want. But what's the point of even having money, though? Like, exactly. if you just get dictated a salary, 
Well, I think I think that's a lot of people would argue that that's the way where, the left the, wants us to go. Way, yeah, well, sure. That that's something that we should push towards a a utopian a, society, right? Where everybody everybody has the same opportunity to to have this, the the things that they want. So there's, but th- but that's it's kind it's kind of counterintuitive, right? Because you get this this capitalist society that's creating all these great technologies and all these great things which you have to have money to have and they sell them for you know pretty high dollar prices but if you don't have the money you can't buy them but then you also have this really large majority of people that want to push towards a uh, you know a universal salary or a universal wage that everybody gets but then you're not going to be able to afford these higher dollar items so you'll get these companies that are working hard and spending a lot of money to develop these technologies that aren't going to be able to sell them. So it's just yeah. kind of an interesting dynamic of, of, of the technology, technological advances met with human nature and how, in my opinion, human nature is get, just getting increasingly lazier and lazier. I think we're very lazy as a society and we don't want to work for anything. We just want things given to us. Um, so well, I think it's, it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition in general of the two different trends, the trends of technology and development and how a lot of that technology and development is being driven by society's, in my opinion, laziness and willingness, the unwillingness to get out there and, and do things for themselves, even a simple task like going to the grocery store. And you can point to the greater good. You say, well, that's great. You know, you don't have to go to the grocery store so you can spend more time with your family or you can do this. But that, that's just not happening. And, and it's, it's a pipe dream. Well, it's, it's, like, a circu- it's, it's, it's a, the whole thing's a circular argument it is. because when you when you have an enormous benefit on one side, obviously there's got to be a detriment somewhere. So there's a, an enormous give and take. So yeah, there's that, and you do have you you know the the left always points out to the the argument of the the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer, and there's so much wage disparity. But yeah, if you have uh, industries that are consolidating to robots, the the owners and the managements of these companies are obviously going to be benefiting and raking in profits as Absolutely. long as they're able to continue making sales, which we're talking about with no one able to to buy these things. Um, so there's a couple like arguments that have been posed forward recently with some people saying that robotics and artificial intelligence would have would be way more advanced now than it already is if it wasn't for people holding back due to trying to kind of figure out some of those more or less logistical and societal uh, issues that that we've been talking about and then the other part is people are saying you know hey this gives rise to a whole new area in entrepreneurship and the opportunity for people to to create new uh, services and, and, and businesses and industries out of the robotics, uh, just a subset from robotics and artificial intelligence. So it's it's definitely a complex issue all the way around. Well, can can the two coexist? Can you have kind of like a, a society that's half robotics and and also half human? So you've got you know manufacturing jobs out there and. You know, just take like a company out there, out there like Nestle. You know, they're making candy bars, they're making sodas, whatever they're making. Chocolate milk. Did they plug? Are you plugging them? Because we didn't get paid for this. Nestle, <laughs> they're they're the purveyor of delicious snacks and drinks. <laughs> you can find them at uh, any grocery store across. Shut America. up, Greg, and get to your point. <laughs> and you don't need a cashier to buy it. <laughs> um, so could you potentially have some sort of thing where they say, well, for some of our specialized goods. We're not going to have robotics make those, and or we're not going to have robots make them. But for these other ones, we will. Um, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, I just think that it, 
the technology has to, it's got to be like a 50-50 split. It really does. The, the technology is going to have to make the human being more efficient. Not cut the human being out of it altogether, but make them more efficient. Well, I think, I think to that point, technology like that is only good if it is a, a job that's dangerous, that you know we can't have humans performing due to health reasons, or if it's something that they can't do or they're, they're not efficient doing. I don't think robotics should re- be replacing jobs just for the sake of replacing jobs. Well, I don't think that's we happening. I think that's the whole argument for robotics is that they're making things more efficient but and no, they're, you know, safety issues, but especially in, the example in manufacturing. Of, so. But in the example of like cashiers and replacing cashiers, why, what's efficiency? For who? It's not, I don't think that's Because that if you part, don't have to stop at a cashier and check out your items and you just get to walk out a door and a computer's going to scan you, that's seconds I mean, compared how, to how, like how, minutes long interactions. But, but where, but how have we gotten to the point where standing in a line for five minutes to buy your groceries is just such a huge burden and you, and I just can't spare these five minutes to stand and pay for my groceries. It's, now, I don't we've think gotten it's that. there because we have, we're the in demand culture right now. And this is what people are coming to expect. But what Nobody, are people, but what are people doing at those five minutes? They're not using them for good. They're, but, they're but going to have to sexy time with their robots. Their five minutes on. I, but, but the, what I'm saying is by displacing 1.3 million workers who I would say a, a good majority of them aren't specialized and probably can't go just get another job. If they're a cashier that's been working somewhere for 10 years, that's it's probably, you know, that's something that they can do and they may not have opportunities to do other things. So how is it a good thing that we're telling these people, hey, that minimum wage that you were living on before, which by the way, wasn't a whole lot and you were having a tough time living on it. Now we're taking that away because we're replacing you with a robot and good luck. It's, be, be, it's, and and the whole and the whole justification of that is because now now all of our customers don't have to wait an extra three minutes to get their groceries. No, it's so I don't have to pay my employee fifteen dollars an hour because he's not a skilled worker and he shouldn't have to get paid fifteen dollars an hour. I'm which, sorry. Which is why it comes back to an ethical discussion. Like where like where where do we as a society step in and say that's not a, that's not a decision that's for the greater good of the society. If if we got rid of the minimum wage and let the the free market set wages, we wouldn't have to worry about all this crap. I think pricing on stuff would go down. We wouldn't need robots to make things more efficient. We wouldn't. And I think that's my greater point is is technology for the sake of technology or technology that actually advances society for so, a good reason. So what would you consider an advance for good reason, Greg? I'm just uh, just a well, surgical robot sh- would be a great one. But yeah, a sur- you know, because a surgical- if you're stealing jobs from I, surgeons who are highly skilled and go to No, no, because it would it would be like hundreds of thousands of dollars in education and No, they uh, have they have stuff like this already with surgeons actually using robots to be more precise. Right. So they're so, working like hand in hand with each other. It's like yes, a, yes. a human using yeah. a robot. So like your example that we were talking about before we went on, on airplanes. So a lot of takeoffs and landings, that's automated, but you still have to have a specialized pilot who's gone through hours and hours, thousands of hours of training to operate that. Just because of the takeoff and landing is automated doesn't mean I could sit in a cockpit and make a plane take off and land. I absolutely could not. So, so I think... 
in in that point, I think probably what we'll see is I think I think the airline industry would can will continue to get more and more automated with with the uh, autopilot, you know, taking on pretty much all facets of of aviation, and you'll basically just have the pilot who sits there in case of an emergency. And and that's but you're not what you're saying though is you're still not replacing a job. You're, right, you're making but, an airplane safer, just like a surgical robot would sure. be making surgery safer. But you still have to have a highly specialized, highly trained person to operate that robot or that automation technology, which is, I think, a net good thing. I don't think that's a bad thing. Kind of interesting too, like when you consider that, like just with the implications with like even warfare. I mean, with the heavy use of drones and things like that now, like it changes the way. You, we fight battles and wars and, and that's you know got to be a good thing because you're risking less soldiers lives yeah but Which, you still have a pilot piloting the, the drone again i'm not arguing the fact i'm not arguing the point that of of changing jobs or, or whatever i'm just saying like that's a that's like from a safety aspect that's a sure. cool thing so. i no, i agree i think that's that's a positive as well um but even for an example of you know curing infectious disease and things like that which is obviously a big um, priority in the society that we live in, being able to have robots be exposed to things that humans shouldn't be exposed to in the name of curing, you know, infectious disease, I think is, is an, is a net positive. So I think there's a lot of ways that technology can be developed and advanced to really help society. But instead we're focusing on things as mundane as I don't want to have to talk to somebody and check out at a grocery store. So let's develop this technology that makes that easier. When I'm, in fact, I think it could be used for better things that actually do help society. I almost feel like we backed into that kind of almost by accident because you talk about when, once you, once you have like a huge corporation, something like an Amazon that their whole thing with their website, whenever they got started 10, 15 years ago, their whole thing was to improve the shopping and the buying experience to make it, you know, more hassle free, more, you know, cheaper, inexpensive, and just to improve that whole experience. So I think when you have a company who has a mission like that, the fact that they get to a point where you can go pick something up in a store and have a streamlined experience. I feel like that's just a natural extension of their kind of mission statement for their company. And then they backed into this technology almost with the unintended consequence of, you know, now potentially, you know, revolutionizing this industry and potentially losing millions of jobs in the, in the process, you know? So I don't think, I don't think people necessarily set out with like ill intent, but I think sometimes when you just explore your mission and you, and we now have the technology to to kind of implement some of these things. I think sometimes you just you just kind of well in that case, I think they just might have backed into it, you know. Sure, but I think a lot of uh, that's a but, good point. But it takes it, it back to the ethical argument that exactly. you said. So like, okay, now we're here. We could do this. Should we do this? Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that question. I'm sure that question get a, gets asked, but um, again, it's the responsibility. They're probably siding with shareholders, and this is going to save us tons of money. But because Amazon, right, they're not they're not even a profitable company yet, are they? Like still to this day, right? They're still not making a profit. So to your point, I haven't studied their financials lately, so I can't comment on that. But um, no, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's the, the classic question, right, of do the ends justify the means? And I think it's something that corporations across the world um, deal with 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 a lot of big decisions like that. And and my personal opinion is these type of 
these type of technologies are good. It's great that we have people that can that can do those type of things, but um, I think the technology can be used for more responsible things that benefit society as a whole, as opposed to the pockets of you know some key executives and in, in some organizations. I think we can agree on that. Interesting. A lot of a lot of food for thought on this week's episode. That's for sure. That's right. Well, I guess it, I it know sounds like. Oh, look at that. It sounds like though we're kind of come to a stopping point, Mike. What do you think? You want to go a little bit further? I don't know. Um I think I th- I think we kind of we kind of touched on a lot of heavy topics for this week. I think it's definitely something we could probably explore in more detail with one of our famous part 2s. Yeah, I think Greg might have to actually come back. Tell us on Twitter, everybody, if you want to see Greg come back or not. I'm uh, I'm on the fence on it, but uh I'm not. I'll have you back anytime, Greg. Well, thank God you're not in charge of this podcast. Um, So (laughs) our Twitter handle is what, Mike? Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at LLNP Podcast. There you go. So I'm mixing up our website. Is it ampersand or is it A-N-D? When I was listening to an episode and you were telling me the Twitter handle, that was was a question I had. Was it LL and like an ampersand P or A-N-D-P? Great question. A-N-D. Spelled out. Excellent. Yeah, I think you need to make that clear. When Completely inefficient. Just a little bit of constructive, constructive, constructive feedback. Thanks for your constructive feedback, Greg. You're that was welcome. key feedback. Like that that's was from good. a listener. That's from a listener. So really, yeah, a listener well, and a fan, you. and exactly. now a, a a guest host and a proud patriot. <laughs> that's what's up. So tweet us at ll and p podcast and spelled out. Check us out on our website. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Google Play. And, uh, yeah, keep also on making America it. great. Rate it on iTunes as well, you know, when you watch it. You don't watch it. You listen to it, Greg. That helps the uh, that helps the overall rating go up and makes more people be able to find it when you rate it. See, it's a good thing we had a software guy on, Mike. Yeah, we, that's why he All needs right. to come back. I'm he's for a, it. He's revolutionizing our, our, our listeners. I'm sold on Greg. All right, you'll be back. Well, let's hope he'll come to back. It. We haven't really asked him. I like yet, to so. set like really high expectations, so then <laughs> you know I don't have to worry about it. I just get some sort of contract where you have, give me some sort of ten episode guarantee, and then I can sit back and just not really do any research or talk about anything. No, that's not going to happen. Um, but that's, we might that's call how you I roll. That's, out of the blue. We can't have two people doing that on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. That's right. All right, listeners. Well, thanks very much, and I guess we'll see you guys next week. Bye.